0: feel so good. It's the Non-Believer Bible Club. It is I, the non-believer, Bible aficionado, fan, fanatic. Welcome back. Yes, I'm still reading the King James Holy Bible for the first time as a non-believer, but that's not the only thing I'm reading. I thought I was just reading the Bible, but one does not simply read the Bible a gateway drug, to everything else you don't have time to read. But I do. Before my Bible reading for today, let me share with you the hallucinatory lucid dream of a 12th century German nun named Hildegard von Bingen, and how it could relate to the ancient traditions of Jewish mysticism as described by the Sefer Yetzirah. It's the non-believers extra-biblical story time. Strap yourselves in. Hildegard von Bingen is a very interesting person. She lived from 1098 to 1179, founded two abbeys. She was a writer, philosopher, composer, and mystic. Hildegard's visions and Hildegard's music, she says, came from the same place, directly from God. In her work Shivias, short for Shivias Domini, translated to Know the Ways of the Lord, she describes 26 of these visions, one of which I will share with you now. I'm going to read to you a dream a 40-year-old nun had in 1100s Germany. Come on, that's fucking cool. Oh yeah, she also wrote the song you're about to hear. Here we go. I saw a single block of stone, immeasurably broad and high and the color of iron with a white cloud above it and above the cloud, a royal throne, round in shape, on which one was sitting, living and shining and marvelous in his glory and so bright that I could not behold him clearly. He held to his breast what looked like black and filthy mire, as big as a human heart "'surrounded with precious stones and pearls, "'and from this shining one, "'seated upon the throne, "'extended a great circle, "'colored gold like the dawn, "'whose width I could not take in. "'It circled about from the east to the north "'and to the west and to the south, "'and back toward the east to the shining one, "'and had no end. "'And that circle was so high above the earth "'that I could not apprehend it, "'and it shone with a terrifying radiance the color of stone, steel, fire, to the depths of the abyss, so that I could see no end to it. And then I saw a great star, splendid and beautiful, come forth from the one seated on the throne. And with that star came a great multitude of shining sparks, which followed the star toward the south. Looking on the one, seated on the throne like a stranger, they turned away from him and stared toward the north instead of contemplating him. But in the very act of turning away their gaze they were all extinguished and were changed into black cinders. And behold, a whirlwind arose from those cinders which drove them away from the south behind the one sitting on the throne and carried them to the north where they were precipitated into the abyss and vanished from my sight. But when they were extinguished I saw the light which was taken from them immediately returned to him who sat on the throne. And I heard the one who sat on the throne saying to me, Write what you see and hear. So, What's great about this book is that Hildegard herself explains what she thinks the dream means, line by line. The single block of stone immediately broad and high and the color of iron, she says, shows how firmly the fear of God must be held, for God is to be dreaded by every creature with single-heartedness, so they know he is the one true God. It has immense breath, because he is incomprehensible, and height, because divinity is above all else, and the highest pitch of any creature's senses cannot understand or attain to it. Its iron color means that it is burdensome and hard for human minds to fear God. For this is a heavy burden for soft and fragile dust, and the human creature rebels against it. Cool. She goes on to talk about the stars that shone brightly, turned away from the one on the throne, and turned into cinders. This represents Lucifer and the fall of the rebel angels. She quotes from Ezekiel, Behold, I will kindle a fire in you and will burn in you every green tree and every dry tree. The flame of the fire shall not be quenched, and every face shall be burned in it, from the south to the north, and all flesh shall see that it is I, the Lord, who have kindled it, and it shall not be quenched. Ow! So that's some cool Christian stuff. Interesting. But when I read this, I gasped in shock. (gasps) Hildegard von Bingen seems to accurately describe what the Jewish mystics call the Ten Emanations of God, the Spherote, as described in the Sefer Yetzirah. From the book, Ten spherot of nothingness. Their measure is ten which have no end. A depth of beginning, a depth of end. A depth of good, a depth of evil. A depth of above, a depth of below. A depth of east, a depth of west. A depth of north, a depth of south. The singular master, God, faithful king, dominates over them all. The circle which Hildegard von Bingen sees, she described as extending from the east, north, west, and south, so high above the earth that I could not apprehend it. It shone to the depths of the abyss that I could see no end to it. She can see no end because, as the Sefer Yetzirah says, their end is embedded in their beginning, and their beginning in their end, like a flame in a burning coal. The Sefer Yetzirah does not speak of directions, but of depths. In general, the concept of depth indicates something at a great distance, as when one looks down a deep well, gazing at its depth. It therefore denotes great distance, both physical and mental. In Hildegard's words, The strength of God's power and work, His justice and His upright judgment, are everywhere, and neither in the heights of heaven nor in the depths of the abyss is there any boundary to them that human senses can comprehend. But it gets even more interesting. In Jewish mysticism, there are four universes. We live in Asiya, the physical world. Above us is Yetzirah, the world of formation, also the world of the angels. Above that, Beria, creation, otherwise known as the world of the throne. And above that, Atsalot, the universe of the spherote. So to recap, 10 spherote the emanations of God hanging out in the fourth universe. Below that, the throne. Below that, the angels. Below that, us. Hildegard sees something from each universe. The fall of the angels, the seat of the throne, and the power of God extending out infinitely, which she cannot comprehend. I said before, the spherot are called emanations of God, because since he is beyond even infinity, He is outside of everything. The only way God can interact with us is through these 10 channels, these 10 emanations. We can't see them, but we can picture them. We can contemplate them, but only through intense, deep meditation. In his commentary on the Sefer Yetzirah, Arya Kaplan also quotes from the book of Ezekiel. Man, Ezekiel's name is always coming up. Above the firmament that was over their heads was the likeness of a throne, and upon the likeness of the throne was a likeness of the appearance of a man. Kaplan explains, The throne is in the universe of Beria, while the man on the throne represents the anthropomorphic array of the spherot in Atsalot. The spherot appear like a man because, in the same way that men appear as men, We are made in the image of the creator. The highest universe that can actually be visualized is Yetzirah, the world of the angels. That's the second universe right above us where Hildegard sees stars fall and turn into cinders. In this world, one can visualize a reflection of the throne. And hence, Ezekiel said that he saw the likeness of a throne. One can also see a reflection of a reflection of the spherote. In the third universe, he therefore saw the likeness of the appearance of a man. In other words, the spherote are so infinite and so incomprehensible that we cannot see them. We see the reflection of an idea, of a thought, of an image of them, which to us looks kind of like a dude sitting in a chair. Ezekiel saw it. Maybe Hildegard saw it. Maybe after some meditation tonight, we can see it too. The reason why I'm so obsessed with this and find it amazing is that there seems to be a consistency between all of these traditions. Granted, everyone's reading the same material. Hildegard was a Christian nun, but she believed that through her dreams and through the music that God gave her, she was being given wisdom to decode and understand the entire Bible the Old Testament, and the New Testament. It's just interesting to me that the interpretations and traditions that arose around the Old Testament, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before her, seemed to line up with what she was interpreting from her own dreams. She read from the Old Testament, but did she also read from obscure, highly secretive Jewish mystical texts? Probably not. I would love to dig more into this as I start to read the New Testament. So, consider this an introduction. Hildegard and her insane descriptive visions will return on the podcast. But for now, we've got a Bible to read. Joineth me as we finish the book of Joshua. Chapter 20 The Lord also spake unto Joshua, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, Appoint out for you cities of refuge, whereof I spake unto you by the hand of Moses, that the slayer that killeth any person unawares and unwittingly may flee thither, and they shall be your refuge from the avenger of blood. So we're right back into it. Just basic laws, reminding the people where they stand on these issues that were already described in Leviticus and Deuteronomy. And when he that doth flee unto one of those cities shall stand at the entering of the gate of the city, and shall declare his cause in the ears of the elders of that city, they shall take him into the city unto them, and give him a place, that he may dwell among them. And if the avenger of blood pursue after him, then they shall not deliver the slayer up into his hand, because he smote his neighbor unwittingly, and hated him not before time. And he shall dwell in that city, until he stand before the congregation for judgment, and until the death of the high priest that shall be in those days, in those days when they inhabit the Holy Land, which they are busy conquering at the moment. Then shall the slayer return, and come unto his own city, and unto his own house, unto the city from whence he fled. And they appointed Kadesh in Galilee, in Mount Naphtali, and Shechem, in Mount Ephraim, and Kirjath Arba, which is Hebron, in the mountain of Judah. And on the other side Jordan by Jericho eastward, they assigned Bezer in the wilderness upon the plain out of the tribe of Reuben, and Ramoth in Gilead, out of the tribe of Gad, and Golan in Bashan, out of the tribe of Manasseh. These were the cities appointed for all the children of Israel, and for the stranger that sojourneth among them, that whosoever killeth any person at unawares might flee thither and not die by the hand of the avenger of blood until he stood before the congregation. Maybe it seems like overkill to have this much laid out, but anytime blood is spilt, it's a serious issue. So if we can avoid it and just have the guy hide somewhere, then we're all good. Chapter 21. Then came near the heads of the fathers of the Levites unto Eleazar the priest, and unto Joshua the son of Nun, and unto the heads of the fathers of the tribes of the children of Israel. And they spake unto them at Shiloh in the land of Canaan, saying, The Lord commanded by the hand of Moses to give us cities to dwell in, with the suburbs thereof for our cattle. And the children of Israel gave unto the Levites out of their inheritance at the commandment of the Lord, these cities and their suburbs. And the lot came out for the families of the Kohathites, and the children of Aaron the priests, which were of the Levites, had by lot, out of the tribe of Judah, and out of the tribe of Simeon, and out of the tribe of Benjamin, thirteen cities. And the rest of the children of Kohath had by lot, out of the families of the tribe of Ephraim, and out of the tribe of Dan, and out of the half-tribe of Manasseh, ten cities. And the children of Gershon had by lot out of the families of the tribe of Isaacar, and out of the tribe of Asher, and out of the tribe of Naphtali, and out of the half-tribe of Manasseh in Bashan, thirteen cities. The children of Merari, by their families, had out of the tribe of Reuben, and out of the tribe of Gad, and out of the tribe of Zebulun, twelve cities. And the children of Israel gave by lot unto the Levites these cities, with their suburbs, as the Lord commanded, by the hand of Moses. Rest in peace, big guy. And they gave out of the tribe of the children of Judah, and out of the tribe of the children of Simeon, these cities which are here mentioned by name, which the children of Aaron, being of the families of the Kohathites, who were of the children of Levi, had. For theirs was the first lot. Okay, wait. They They gave out of the tribe of the children of Judah, Out of the tribe of the children of Simeon, these cities which are here mentioned by name, which the children of Aaron, being of the family of the Kohathites, who are of the children of Levi, had. For theirs was the first lot. Okay. And they gave them the city of Arba, the father of Anak, which city is Hebron, in the hill country of Judah, with the suburbs thereof round about it. But the fields of the city and the villages thereof gave they to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, for his possession. Yeah, Caleb, they like Caleb. Caleb is one of the 12 spies that was sent into the land of Israel to suss it out. Ten of the spies said, there's no way we can beat them. And Joseph and Caleb together said, no, nah, we believe in Moses and we believe in God. They'll deliver us. So Caleb's a day one kind of guy. Thus they gave to the children of Aaron the priest Hebron with her suburbs to be a city of refuge for the slayer, and Libna with her suburbs, and Jetir with her suburbs, and Eshtemoah with her suburbs, and Holon with her suburbs, and Debir with her suburbs, and Ain with her suburbs, and Utah with her suburbs, and Beth Shemesh with her suburbs, nine cities out of those two tribes, And out of the tribe of Benjamin, Gibeon with her suburbs, Geba with her suburbs, Anathoth with her suburbs, and Almon with her suburbs, four cities. All the cities of the children of Aaron, the priests, were thirteen cities with their suburbs. And the families of the children of Kohath, the Levites, which remained of the children of Kohath, even they had the cities of their lot out of the tribe of Ephraim. For they gave them Shechem, 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 with her suburbs in Mount Ephraim, to be a city of refuge for the slayer, and Gezer with her suburbs, and Kibzaim with her suburbs, and Beth Horon with her suburbs, four cities. And out of the tribe of Dan, Eltekeh with her suburbs, Gibethon with her suburbs, Ai Jalon with her suburbs, Gath Rimmon with her suburbs, four cities. Page turn. And out of the half-tribe of Manasseh, Tanach with her suburbs, and Gath-Rimon with her suburbs, two cities. All the cities were ten with their suburbs, for the families of the children of Kohath that remained. And unto the children of Gershon, of the families of the Levites, out of the other half-tribe of Manasseh, they gave Golan in Bashan, with her suburbs, to be a city of refuge for the slayer, and Terah with her suburbs, two cities, and out of the tribe of Issachar, Kishan, with her suburbs, Dabareh, with her suburbs, Jarmuth, with her suburbs, En-Ganim, with her suburbs, four cities, and out of the tribe of Asher, Mishal, with her suburbs, Abdon, with her suburbs, Helkath with her suburbs, and Rehob, with her suburbs, four cities. And out of the tribe of Naphtali, Kadesh in Galilee, with her suburbs, to be a city of refuge for the slayer. And Hamoth Dor, with her suburbs, and Kartan, with her suburbs, three cities. All the cities of the Gershonites, according to their families, were thirteen cities with their suburbs. And unto the families of the children of Merari, the rest of the Levites, out of the tribe of Zebulun, Jokneam with her suburbs, and Kartah with her suburbs, Dimna with her suburbs, Nahalal with her suburbs, four cities. And out of the tribe of Reuben, Bezer with her suburbs, and Jahazah with her suburbs, Kedemoth with her suburbs, and Mephath, Mephath with her suburbs, four cities. And out of the tribe of Gad, Ramoth, in Gilead with her suburbs. To be a city of refuge for the slayer, and Mahanaim, Mahanaim with her suburbs, Heshbon with her suburbs, Jazer with her suburbs, four cities in all. So all the cities for the children of Merari by their families, which were remaining of the families of the Levites, were by their lot 12 cities. All the cities of the Levites within the possession of the children of Israel were 40 and eight cities with their suburbs. These cities were everyone with their suburbs round about them. Thus were all these cities. And the Lord gave unto Israel all the land which he sware to give unto their fathers, and they possessed it and dwelt therein. Wow, this is the moment fulfilled. This is page 210. And at last they have come into the Holy Land. And the Lord gave them rest round about, according to all that he sware unto their fathers. And there stood not a man of all their enemies before them. The Lord delivered all their enemies into their hand. There failed not aught of any good thing which the Lord had spoken unto the house of Israel. All came to pass. All right. Chapter 22. Then... Joshua called the Reubenites, and the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. See, once I've been saying these names over and over, I start getting real good at it. And said unto them, Ye have kept all that Moses the servant of the Lord commanded you, and have obeyed my voice in all that I commanded you. Ye have not left your brethren these many days unto this day, but have kept the charge of the commandment of the Lord your God. And now the Lord your God hath given rest unto your brethren as he promised them. Therefore now return ye, and get ye unto your tents, and unto the land of your possession, which Moses the servant of the Lord gave you on the other side Jordan. But take diligent heed, to do the commandment and the law, which Moses the servant of the Lord charged you. This is in spring break. To love the Lord your God, and to walk in all his ways, and to keep his commandments, and to cleave unto him, and to serve him, with all your heart and with all your soul so Joshua blessed them and sent them away and they went unto their tents now to the one half tribe now to the one half of the tribe of manasseh Moses had given possession in bashan but unto the other half thereof gave Joshua among their brethren on this side jordan westward and when jordan And when Joshua sent them away, also unto their tents, then he blessed them. And he spake unto them, saying, Return with much riches unto your tents, and with very much cattle, with silver, and with gold, and with brass, and with iron, and with very much raiment. Divide the spoil of your enemies with your brethren. And the children of Reuben, and the children of Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh returned, and departed from the children of Israel out of Shiloh which is in the land of Canaan, to go unto the country of Gilead, to the land of their possession, whereof they were possessed, according to the word of the Lord, by the hand of Moses. And when they came unto the borders of Jordan, that are in the land of Canaan, the children of Reuben and the children of Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, built there an altar by Jordan, a great altar to see to. Uh Uh-oh. And the children of Israel heard say, Behold, the children of Reuben and the children of Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh have built an altar over against the land of Canaan in the, bil- in the borders of Jordan at the passage of the children of Israel. And when the children of Israel heard of it, the whole congregation of the children of Israel gathered themselves together at Shiloh to go up to war against them. And the children of Israel sent unto the children of Reuben and to the children of Gad, and to the half-tribe of Manasseh, into the land of Gilead, Phineas, the son of Eleazar the priest. Remember, Phineas is the guy who, when some of the Israelites were sleeping with the local women, took a spear and stabbed this guy to death while he was having sex. Then he stabbed the girl to death too. So of all the people they could have sent, they sent that guy. And with him ten princes of each chief house, a prince throughout all the tribes of Israel. And each one was an head of the house of their fathers among the thousands of Israel. And they came up unto the children of Reuben, and to the children of Gad, and to the half-tribe of Manasseh, unto the land of Gilead. And they spake with them, saying, What the fuck? Thus saith the whole congregation of the Lord, What trespass is this? that ye have committed against the God of Israel, to turn away this day from following the Lord, and that ye have builded you an altar, that ye might rebel this day against the Lord. Is the iniquity of Peor too little for us, from which we are not cleansed until this day, although there was a plague in the congregation of the Lord, but that ye must turn away this day from following the Lord? And it will be, seeing ye rebel today against the Lord, that tomorrow he will be wroth with the whole congregation of Israel. You're taking us down with you, in other words. Notwithstanding, if the land of your possession be unclean, then pass ye over unto the land of the possession of the Lord, wherein the Lord's tabernacle dwelleth, and take possession among us. But rebel not against the Lord, nor rebel against us in building you an altar beside the altar of the Lord our God. Did not Achan, the son of Zerah, commit a trespass in the accursed thing, and wrath fell on all the congregation of Israel? And that man perished, not alone, in his iniquity. Then the children of Reuben and the children of Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh answered, and said unto the heads of the thousands of Israel, The Lord God of gods, the Lord God of gods, he knoweth, and Israel he shall know. If it be in rebellion, or if in transgression against the Lord, save us not this day, that we have built us an altar to turn from following the Lord, or if to offer thereon burnt offering or meat offering, or if to offer peace offerings thereon, let the Lord himself require it. And if we have not rather done it for fear of this thing, saying, In time to come, your children might speak unto our children, saying, What have ye to do with the Lord God of Israel? For the Lord hath made Jordan a border between us and you, ye children of Reuben and children of Gad. Ye have no part in the Lord. So shall your children make our children cease from fearing the Lord. Therefore we said, Let us now prepare to build us an altar, not for burnt offering nor for sacrifice, but that it may be a witness between us and you and our generations after us that we might do the service of the Lord before him with our burnt offerings, and with our sacrifices, and with our peace offerings, that your children may not say to our children in time to come, Ye have no part in the Lord. Therefore said we, that it shall be, when they should so say to us, or to our generations in time to come, that we may say again, Behold, the pattern of the altar of the Lord, which our fathers made, not for burnt offerings, nor for sacrifices, but it is a witness between us and you. God forbid that we should rebel against the Lord and turn this day from following the Lord to build an altar for burnt offerings, for meat offerings, or for sacrifices beside the altar of the Lord our God that is before his tabernacle. And when Phineas the priest and the priest of the congregation and heads of the thousands of Israel which were with him heard the word that the children of Reuben and the children of Gad and the children of Manasseh spake, it pleased them. And Phinehas the son of Eleazar the priest said unto the children of Reuben, lowering his spear, and to the children of Gad, and to the children of Manasseh, This day we perceive that the Lord is among us, because ye have not committed this trespass against the Lord. Now ye have delivered the children of Israel out of the hand of the Lord. And Phinehas the son of Eleazar the priest and the princes returned from the children of Reuben, and from the children of Gad, out of the land of Gilead, unto the land of Canaan, to, page turn, the children of Israel, and brought them word again. And the thing pleased the children of Israel. And the children of Israel blessed God, and did not intend to go up against them in battle, to destroy the land, wherein the children of Reuben and Gad dwelt. And the children of Reuben and the children of Gad called the altar, Ed, Ed, for it shall be a witness between us that the Lord is God. So, very interesting. Ed, or aid, is apparently the Hebrew word for witness. So they call the altar witness, so that it is a witness to the fact that they may be far away, but they're they're still homies. But it is also interesting that they're looking ahead. There's two things, basically. One is they are very afraid of their descendants losing fear of God because of the separation. And point two, if this is all just something that was written by a Jewish scribe after the destruction of the Temple of Solomon, from the perspective of that kind of author, the number one fear of these tribes is not that they will be destroyed by someone else, but they will be destroyed from within because of their lack of a fear of God. Maybe that's why they're so concerned with this. Either way, it's not going to work because obviously the children of Israel do go their separate ways and worship other gods, and then the temple is destroyed and it's all their fault because they didn't pray enough. But at least they're thinking ahead. Chapter 23 And it came to pass, a long time after that the Lord had given rest unto Israel from all their enemies round about, that Joshua waxed old and stricken in age. And Joshua called for all Israel. You know, that's nice that he had some, like, downtime after. But, and Joshua called for all Israel, and for their elders, and for their heads, and for their judges, and for their officers, and said unto them, I am old. I'm old and stricken in age. And ye have seen all that the Lord your God hath done, unto all these nations because of you. For the Lord your God is he that hath fought for you. Behold, I have divided unto you by lot these nations that remain, to be an inheritance for your tribes, from Jordan, with all the nations that I have cut off, even unto the great sea westward. And the Lord your God, he shall expel them from before you, and drive them from out of your sight. And ye shall possess their land." as the Lord your God hath promised unto you. Be ye therefore very courageous to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, that ye turn not aside therefrom to the right hand or to the left, that ye come not among these nations, these that remain among you, neither make mention of the name of their gods, nor cause to swear by them, neither serve them, nor bow yourselves unto them. Come on. nor bow yourselves unto them, but cleave unto the Lord your God, as ye have done unto this day. For the Lord hath driven out from before you great nations and strong. But as for you, no man hath been able to stand before you unto this day. One man of you shall chase a thousand, for the Lord your God, he it is that fighteth for you, as he hath promised you. Take good heed, therefore, unto yourselves, that ye love the Lord your God. Else, if ye do in any wise go back, and cleave unto the remnant of these nations, even these that remain among you, and shall make marriages with them, and go in unto them, and they to you, know for a certainty that the Lord your God will no more drive out any of these nations from before you, but they shall be snares and traps unto you, and scourges in your sides, and thorns in your eyes, until ye perish from off this good land which the Lord your God hath given you. And behold, this day I am going the way of all earth, and ye know in all your hearts and in all your souls that not one thing hath failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spake concerning you. All are come to pass unto you, and not one thing hath failed thereof. Therefore, It shall come to pass, that as all good things are come upon you, which the Lord your God promised you, so shall the Lord bring upon you all evil things, until he have destroyed you from off this good land which the Lord your God hath given you. When ye have transgressed the covenant of the Lord your God, which he commanded you, and have gone and served other gods, and bowed yourselves to them, then shall the anger of the Lord be kindled against you, and ye shall perish quickly from off the good land which he hath given unto you. Chapter 24 And Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem, and called for the elders of Israel, and for their heads, and for their judges, and for their officers. And they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said unto all the people, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time, even Terah, the father of Abraham, and the father of Nahor, and they served other gods. And I took your father Abraham from the other side of the flood and led him throughout all the land of Canaan and multiplied his seed and gave him Isaac. And I gave unto Isaac Jacob and Esau, and I gave unto Esau Mount Seir to possess it, But Jacob and his children went down into Egypt. I sent Moses also, and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt according to that which I did among them. And afterward I brought you out. And I brought your fathers out of Egypt, and ye came unto the sea. And the Egyptians pursued after your fathers with chariots and horsemen unto the Red Sea. And when they cried unto the Lord, He put darkness between you and the Egyptians, and brought the sea upon them, and covered them. And your eyes have seen what I have done in Egypt. And ye dwelt in the wilderness a long season. And I brought you into the land of the Amorites, which dwelt on the other side Jordan. And they fought with you, and I gave them into your hand, that ye might possess their land, and I destroyed them from before you. Then Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, arose and warred against Israel, and sent and called Balaam the son of Beor to curse you. But I would not hearken unto Balaam. Therefore he blessed you still, so I delivered you out of his hand. And ye went over Jordan, and came unto Jericho. And the men of Jericho fought against you, the Amorites and the Perizzites, and the Canaanites and the Hittites, and the Girgashites, the Hivites and the Jebusites. Rest in peace and I delivered them into your hand. And I sent the hornet before you, which drave them out from before you, even the two kings of the Amorites, but not with thy sword, nor with thy bow. And I have given you a land for which ye did not labor, and cities which ye built not, and ye dwell in them, of the vineyards and oliveyards which ye planted not, do ye eat. Now therefore, Fear the Lord, and serve Him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood, and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God, he it is that brought us up and our fathers out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage and which did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way wherein we went and among all the people through whom we passed. And the Lord drave out from before us All the people, even the Amorites, which dwelt in the land. Therefore will we also serve the Lord, for he is our God. And Joshua said unto the people, Ye cannot serve the Lord, for he is an holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions, nor your sins. If ye forsake the Lord and serve strange gods, then he will turn and do you hurt and consume you, after that he hath done you good. And the people said unto Joshua, Nay, but we will serve the Lord. And Joshua said unto the people, Ye are witnesses against yourselves that ye have chosen the Lord to serve him. And they said, We are witnesses. Now therefore put away, said he, the strange gods which are among you and incline your heart unto the Lord God of Israel. And the people said unto Joshua, The Lord our God will we serve, and his voice will we obey. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day, and set them a statute and an ordinance in Shechem And Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God, and took a great stone, and set it up there under an oak that was by the sanctuary of the Lord. And Joshua said unto all the people, Behold, this stone shall be a witness unto us, for it hath heard all the words of the Lord which he spake unto us. It shall be therefore a witness unto you, lest ye deny your God. So Joshua let the people depart, every man unto his inheritance. And it came to pass, after these things, that Joshua the son of Nun, the servants of the Lord, died being an hundred and ten years old. And they buried him in the border of his inheritance in Timnath-Serah, which is in Mount Ephraim, on the north side of the hill of Gash. Hmm. And Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua, and all the days of the elders that overlived Joshua, and which had known all the works of the Lord that he had done for Israel. And the bones of Joseph which the children of Israel brought up out of Egypt, buried they in Sechem, in a parcel of ground, which Jacob bought of the sons of Hamor, the father of Sechem, for an hundred pieces of silver. Yeah, you remember that? And it became the inheritance of the children of Joseph. And Eleazar, the son of Aaron, died. And they buried him in a hill that pertained to Phinehas, his son, which was given him in Mount Ephraim. And here, we will end our reading for today. So the saga of Joshua wraps up pretty neatly, but it doesn't end with his death. It ends with the death of Eleazar, Aaron's son. So Joshua, the successor to Moses, is gone. Eleazar, the successor to Aaron, is gone. We are basically starting a brand new chapter with a group of people who, who we know are destined to fail. What to make of all of this? Again, looking at this as a narrative, you could say that all of these warnings are not for the current generations of Israelites. They clearly are messing up already. Joshua says, no, you cannot serve God. God goes hard in the paint. You guys will die. You're going to lose everything. They're like, no, we got it. They don't got it. And we know that. No, these laws and these warnings are for the children of Israel of the future. These people, as we've gotten to know them now, are simply living examples for what not to do. But they also will be examples for what to do. The book of Judges is going to take us into the world that they create in the land that they were given. So, looking forward to that. And lastly, the episode with the potentially offensive shrine Ed has made me think of something. If everything is going to be copacetic, if everybody's going to get along, they need to be near each other. Those tribes specifically chose to be outside, away from the rest of the children of Israel because they liked the land there. I've seen arguments on both sides, one saying that doesn't matter, and others saying that is a direct subversion of God's will. So when they eventually bite the dust, their fault. But on a narrative level, it's so interesting for me to imagine a group of people who have done nothing but fight wars for the past few years, then have to go up to their former comrades and say, "Hey guys, are we going to have to kill all of you?" Another interesting thing, these witnesses, they keep raising up stones, pillars you could say, of their faith. This is a witness for the commandment that you have just made. This is a testament to our faith that we have not turned away from the one God. Aside from the institution of the priesthood in and of itself, this shows that the culture is thinking a lot more further ahead. They're no longer living in the day-to-day slog of trying to eat and being lost and hot in the middle of the desert. Now they're thinking, what happens a few years from now when, oh, that's just the tribe from beyond the river. Fuck them. But in all the ways they're trying to predict what will happen, they'll fall prey to the easiest thing to prevent. Anyway, we say goodbye to Joshua, and we say hello to a new kingdom. In a freshly vacated Canaan, what will these people do before the end? We'll find out next time. Thank you for joining me on the Non-Believer Bible Club. Keep calm. Raise up a witness. Divide the land into 13 cities and their suburbs. Adios.